Welcome back to part two with Tanya Mark, non-diet nutrition and body image coach. If you haven't listened to last week, go back and listen to that first. Today we continue with just what is intuitive eating, why staring at a scale is so unhealthy, and what we can do as an individual and a community to fight back against the prevalent body image standards and celebrate body diversity. Want to get amazing insights and perspectives from local health and fitness professionals here in Jackson Hole? This is the podcast, and I am your host, Dr. Laura Wright. Let's go into intuitive eating a little bit. Why, I mean, were we born with this ability? Kids generally eat more intuitively. Why have we lost it? How do we get it back? Yeah, you bet. Yes, we were born. Just think of babies. And when moms are feeding or dads, moms and dads feeding their babies and the, you know, your baby is hungry. What does your baby do? I'll find out soon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they usually they're like, feed me. So they cry. And of course they cry for many, many different reasons, but they cry. And then when they're done eating, they're going to tell you, I don't want any more. And they turn their head to the side, you Mm -hmm. know, the spoon's coming in. They're like, nope, I don't want it. (laughs) And so, the, and, and here's the thing is that um, kids also are really intuitive about kinds of foods too. Um, taste buds really take time to develop with, mm-hmm. with infants. And so they're going to be drawn to certain foods at certain times. Um, and parents can get really scared because sometimes they're just wanting to eat <laughs> one kind of food or don't want to eat for a while. And then all of a sudden they're really want to eat. But kids actually are really smart. And I, it's not my specialty to work with infants and, and parents. However, I have worked with many clients who are parents and who've gone through the intuitive eating process themselves. Mm-hmm. They're always amazed by watching their infants and, and seeing what the kids are doing. And when they let them be intuitive and they listen to their kids without freaking out when they don't eat or, I mean, we need to be mindful of this stuff, of course, because you're working with your uh, pediatrician. Um, but kids naturally do know how to eat and how much and what kinds of foods, and it does shift over time. Um, we just get really scared as, as parents, um, and we start listening to the outside rules and we think we need to teach those to our young infants to be mm-hmm. healthy, but our, our, we're, we have those rules <coughs> intuitively as infants. Um, it's just that the rules around nutrition and good eating and the fear, like the fat phobia fear is out there. And um, I mean, parents are, we're just, we as humans are just doing what we've been taught and have been doing over and over generation after generation. Mm -hmm. So if that's why I feel like almost everybody could benefit from going through the intuitive eating process, um, which is something that once you learn it, you can take for, for the rest of your life. What, what resources are out there? I mean, aside from working you in the group, are there great books about intuitive eating or other resources you recommend to people who just want to take a look into the yeah. subject? So the thing that's really important is that right now we want to make, I have been trained and certified by the, the founders of intuitive eating. 
So Intuitive Eating, capital I, capital E. And there's a book called Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch that you can read. I highly recommend you grab it. it. And if you can get the fourth edition, they just revised it this summer in August. Well, I guess that was last year now, but um, that can give you an overview. Um, and then when I work with clients, I take them through a workbook and we go through it together, either privately one-on-one, -on -one, or I also do group programs for intuitive eating as well. Yeah. But the thing that's happening right now is that people are really don't understand what intuitive eating is. And there are quote diets out there that are co-opting the term intuitive eating and using it for their own, uh, to sell their diets. Um, so we need to be mindful of that, that intuitive eating is, is really about tapping into your own interoceptive uh, awareness cues. So interoceptive is just a fancy word for listening for the physical sensations coming from your own body. Um, and that takes time. And it actually takes layers of unlearning everything that all the things that I ever learned too. Yeah. I've tried every single style of eating out there, Lara. And now I'm like, oh, well, I can integrate all kinds of things once I learn what, how my body does best and how I feel best. Um, so, you know, intuitive eating is reject the diet culture, honor hunger, honor fullness, honor uh, your satisfaction. We talk about um, coping with your emotions with kindness. We talk about movement. We mm -hmm. talk about how do you get to gentle to nutrition? How do you start to feel what foods make you feel best? Right. And then, and then once you get to the, that last principle 10, you can, now that you really are in tune with yourself, you're in a better place to listen to what is out there with the, the nutrition rules. Mm -hmm. um, or what, I don't even want to use the word rules, but just like what, um, what kind of nutrition is best for you? Because it's really different. Some people really thrive on veganism. Others don't. Right. So, you know, it's all over the yeah. place. But we need to get people to listen to how certain foods make they feel. Make I agree. Feel. I mean, I think my husband could be a complete carnivore. Like he just yeah. like his body does so well on meat. And I'm like, that, that's a lot of meat. Okay. <laughs> like that's, you know, and like, I, I don't do well with sugar or caffeine. I get jittery. I, I still have some caffeine, but I get jittery. I get anxious. And I just know like that that's not for me because I, I legitimately don't feel good with that. Yeah. You've noticed how those, you know, it's funny because I used to be really awful with caffeine too, Laura. I could not drink caffeine. I would seriously would get the same thing, very jittery yeah. and anxious like you. Um, but it's funny, like now that I'm postmenopausal, I'm fine. You can enjoy it. <laughs> it's, not, it's so weird. I don't even know how, but, but this is the thing is that when we're listening to our bodies, as you, as your body changes, as you go through the life cycles, your nutritional needs might change. Your, the things that you're drawn to may sound good. Like you might like more meat later, or you may mm -hmm. not like meat or, you know, like this is where you marry what your own body is actually needing, and then listen to, okay, what, what is some research-based um, uh, stuff around nutrition that works for you? Mm -hmm. Right. What else can we do just um, in terms of strategies to kind of cope with what society is telling us versus, versus what really is health? 
what, you know, what can we do ourselves as individuals? What could we work on as a society or as, you know, a community in Jackson Hole? Yeah. So I, I mentioned health at every size and what that is, is a health paradigm and it's approach. It's, it's an approach to health that is not focused on the number on the scale. So that is how I practice in my own my own world and with my own clients, but I'd love to see a shift to that in our community um, because some of the things that are challenging around the weight uh, approach to health, like focusing on the number on the scale, and I didn't see it for years, Laura. I never really saw that there could be some harm in that. A, it does. It doesn't honor body diversity, so we can have people out there that are trying to put, make their bodies a size that it will never want to be. So right. it's, it can really, somebody can really <coughs> struggle with that. And if we pull that aside, that's huge. That's a huge. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Taking stress off somebody. Mm -hmm. um, I like to say, if you had a size eight foot, would you be trying to put it in a size <laughs> six two? And right. so if we really pause for a moment and think about that, that's pretty powerful. Um, when we take this approach, health at every size, again, it's focusing on behaviors, not the number on the scale. It's honoring body diversity. And what's really helpful with this is that if you're not focusing on the number of scale, and most people use a, a restrictive diet to um, try and change their body weight, is that a lot of times what happens is a quote research shows that diets don't learn work long term, long term, because uh, they're unsustainable, and lead to weight cycling. So how many people do I know in my practice or just in my life that their weight has just gone up and down and up and down. And so what we're trying to do is prevent that and get people's weight to just level out. And, and we can get there when we're working on behaviors and not getting people so focused on the number on the scale. And often when people weight cycle, and they go up and down, when they end, end up coming back up in weight, they keep creeping higher every time they go on another diet, year after year after year mm -hmm. after year. And just think that's so harmful for your mental health, your physical health. Um, people's body dissatisfaction really increases um, when we were taking a, a weight approach to health versus a health at every size. So we can improve... Um, body image when we're not trying to make everybody a, a size that they may not be. Or if you are in a smaller body, you know, not fearing any sort of weight gain that may naturally occur as we grow older. Um, and that was me. That was a huge shift for me is that as a former fitness professional and as a nutrition professional, mm -hmm. my body has changed now that I'm postmenopausal. And, you know, throughout the years of, of how I got from you know, years ago to where I am today. So uh, this approach has really been powerful for my own mental, physical health that I, I would have started to really clamp down on my own, uh, try and really control my food and my body and my exercise because I um, would have feared that the, any weight gain is always bad. And I'm like, oh, that's not true. Um, but it's, really the, the narrative 
it, almost the, it, it's the narrative out there. Yeah. Um, and so I'm here to help us maybe get curious and plant some seeds and mm-hmm. say, hey, do you maybe want to learn maybe a little bit about this and how it might help you? Um, all of us, it could help all of us become more in tune with our bodies and relaxed with our food behaviors, with our exercise behaviors. Um, and I think that can be really powerful, uh, no matter what kind of community you live in and what kind of body you live in. Awesome. Two other things that I saw in your blog, I'd love for you to share. You talked about shifting, shifting how we compliment people and then uh, monitoring the social media we consume and how those can help. Yeah. Comparisons (laughs) and compliments, right? Um, And this one is a hard one because compliments, when we give a compliment, we're doing it of, you know, usually love and, and wanting to show somebody that, you know, we're really proud of them or appreciate them. So Mm -hmm. let's just honor that. Of course, 99, I don't know, everybody, I would think if you're giving a compliment, you're doing it out of a a kind place. Mm -hmm. But what we don't understand, and I didn't understand this either, Laura, it, it, you know, until I learned about it is that um, it, it can actually be harmful. And I learned this from listening to stories from many, many clients who were complimented for, um, for example, weight loss. And they were going through a health condition. Maybe it was cancer. Maybe it was an eating disorder. Or maybe they had really, you know, they were so, so worried about their bodies that they were over-exercising and restricting just with a diet. And even though they were getting compliments, they were miserable. They had no energy. They weren't sleeping well. All these, you know, they are preoccupied with food in their bodies. And so, you know, these compliments can, in in that case, you know, where somebody who is um, really struggling with their body image and really trying to clamp down on food and, and exercise to keep a certain body size, it perpetuates that kind of um those kind of behaviors. And, and it's unknowing. You don't know when you're giving somebody a compliment, what their story is, what they're going through. So even if it is positive behaviors, I say, focus on, on um, complimenting, you know, uh, you know, oh, it's so great. You know, it seems like you're really loving your Zumba class or whatever and enjoying your movement or, or whatever it is um, versus a body size or shape, because, then if somebody's size does go back up, they feel really crappy and, and self-esteem goes down. And so I, most of us are completely unaware that compliments can be harmful. So, you know, there's other ways to give compliments that are not appearance-based, so behavior-based or, or whatever, just you're a freaking amazing human being, or I really honor how compassionate and caring you are, or, or whatever. Like, I... I, I have a list of things that I give to people if they want to try this on for size, like yeah. try it like with your friends and with your family members or, or whatever. See how hard it is not to give an appearance based compliment. It's hard when we're so used to doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's that piece. And then um, social media is huge these days. And we may feel like 
um, seeing images of people who, quote, are fit looking according to culture um, mm -hmm. or healthy according to culture. It's one body shape size, typically. We may feel like that's motivating us, but research shows that it's not. It actually makes us feel guilt or over certain foods or shame about our bodies. You know, like I was saying that, you know, you don't want to wear a, ba you don't want to wear a bathing suit or, and so you start missing out on taking your kids to the beach or trying a new like paddle boarding or, or anything. Um, so it really can mess with us. So my suggestion is that we diversify, diversify our our social media feeds. And I have a blog post about that with a bunch of recommendations that I'm happy to link to if people yeah. are curious, because what you see, hear, and say every day around food, bodies, self-worth really sinks into that noggin, into that headspace of ours. So if we start to see here, like here is the compliment, see is the social media. Um, yeah. When we start switching that up, it is Laura, it seems so simple, but it is ridiculously powerful when the things you're seeing and hearing every day start to change. And, and that's why I also love the forming the Be, Bo Be Body Positive community, because in community, no matter what we're going through, I mean, I feel like this can be powerful with, um, with any group of people, you know, kids in middle school, high school, dance groups, cl the climbing community, uh, a film just came out called Light, the documentary about um, body image and eating disorders in the climbing community. It, it premiered yesterday. It's amazing on YouTube. So these conversations can be really powerful in our community that health and fit fitness can come in different sizes and shapes. And if we honor that, wow, I think we can create a much healthier community. Awesome. I will have to find that blog from you and link it on here as well. So how do people find you, find your blogs, work with you? What's your website? What other, are you on other social media? My website is really easy. It's just my name, T-A-N-Y-A, Mark, M-A-R-K. My uh, main social media is Instagram and I'm Tanya Mark at Tanya Mark which is really easy. That's and my easy. Instagram, yeah. <laughs> they're both really easy. And, and my social media feed is, is completely business related. It is focused on positive messages around um, bot, uh, body image embodiment, which is a term about getting back in your body, mm -hmm. um, intuitive eating, uh, just a, a healthier approach to uh, self-care. So if you want some inspiring messages, you can follow me on Instagram. And then I also have a free guide right now that I just created last month. And it's five steps to stop feeling crappy in your body and make eating easy. So you can just go to my website to grab that if you're interested. And I did link on the last page of this free guide to uh, a resource on the weight science. So if you're curious about, you know, reclaiming your health and separating weight and wellness, that's just one resource. I have many, many resources want to give people when I'm working with them privately or in group mm -hmm. settings. And um, yeah, I, I think I even linked to that article 
um, for, well, no, I don't think I did. So I'll give that to you, Lara. The social. I think you did. I think yeah. you did. Uh, oh, you linked, you linked to your free guide, but not the social media one. So. Yeah. And so my free guide, I, I write for the Jackson Hole News and Guide, a column called Radical Acceptance, and it is about promoting um, healthy body image and redefining healthy. And so all those articles that I've written for the Jackson Hole News and Guide are part of my blog. And if you're just curious about this different approach to health that is separating uh, wellness from weight and not getting us stuck to the scale. I mean, for some of us, getting healthier, our bodies will change weight. They might drop weight. So for some of us, a higher white weight might be healthier. And some mm -hmm. of us are, you know, the way we are is, is great, even though some people think we need to change it, even though where we're currently at may be wonderful. It's just not what cultural says we need to be. Right. And so I'm really working on clients separating that out. Yeah. So my website, Instagram, and that free guide, which I really had fun creating. So I hope people will grab it because um, it brought me a lot of joy to, to make it and create it for you. And then if people want to work with you individually or in your new group classes, how did they do that? Have you started those yet? So I'm currently running uh, right now an intuitive eating 10-week group. And I do those every quarter. So if they okay. want to reach out to me, you can go on my website. There's a workshop page. You can get on the wait list for that. Got and it. the same thing, you can get on a, a wait list if you're, or even just email me if you have questions, like what is this body positive group? And how could this maybe help out my, you know, the, the an organization that I work with? Or um, I have some people who are just forming groups with their girlfriends or like, a, their daughter's group, things like yeah. that. Um, just seeing where there might be a need in our community to, and then what I love about this is that every little small group is invited to the bigger community. And so, and then that bigger community will be something that I will offer monthly that we can get together, obviously right now, virtually, but then maybe someday in person yeah, maybe. And, so. and do some do some fun activities, but like, as we can grow this in our community, I really think it can, can support people in all the unique changes that our bodies will go through in our lifetime. Anything else that you want to touch on today before we go? I, we've covered so much. I didn't know if there was something like <laughs> one more point that you have or not. You know, I, I think that, um, I think actually you did cover it off. We did talk a lot about a lot of good stuff. And, you know, really my, you know, one of my, my main niche is helping people make peace with food and their bodies and um, helping people see that good nutrition doesn't have to be so dang hard and doesn't have to be so stressful and restrictive when we understand that we can take a gentle nutrition approach and that we also honor our bodies in, in, in body diversity. So when we can marry those two, I think that really helps people out. Well, thank you so much. I am excited. I will link as many of these resources. I'll, you know, re-listen to it and link it. And if you want to send me anything else to link as well, I think this is, this is one that I want everyone to listen to. Laura, thanks so much for having me on your podcast and actually having this podcast and hosting it. I know it takes a, a lot of hard work and time, and I can't imagine what it's like as you're six months pregnant. So thank you. It's worth it. It's so much fun. Thanks again. 
Thanks for listening to Health in the Whole. If you liked it, please subscribe so you can hear the next episodes. And remember, this podcast is not medical advice. Consult your healthcare provider before doing anything drastic.